0: Welcome to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Schager. Today we feature a panel from the Pima County Public Library Nuestros Westeros Rices presentation stage from the 2017 Tucson Festival of Books entitled Because We Come from Everything, Poetry and Migration. Renowned United States Poet Laureate from 2015 to 2017, Juan Felipe Herrera and Arizona State Poet Laureate Alberto Alvaro Rios discussed their work and experiences through a border lens. University of Arizona's Interim Director of the Institute for LGBT Studies, Adela Licona, introduced and moderated this extraordinary discourse. The panel is a feature program of the Poetry Coalition, a group of aligned poetry organizations, and their national collaborative effort in March 2017 was Because We Come From Everything, Poetry and Migration. The panel explored the relationship between imaginative language and migration, especially as it relates to the border region, bilingualism, and cultural growth. Today's program includes an impromptu call-and-response reading by both Rios and Herrera of one of Herrera's new poems modeled on Allen Ginsberg's famous America.
1: I want to welcome you to the ninth Annual Tucson Festival of Books. My name is Adela Licona, and I'm the director of the Institute for LGBT Studies here on campus. Um, we wish to... Yay! <laughs> We wish to thank the Friends of the Pima County Library for sponsoring, of course, this venue. So, buenas tardes and good afternoon. I begin in recognition that we're gathered here on the ancestral lands of the Tana Atham. I want to thank all who have labored to prepare this space for us and those who will clean it once we're gone. What a privilege and an honor to introduce Alberto Alvaro Rios, Poet Laureate for the State of Arizona, and Juan Felipe Herrera, U.S. Poet Laureate. This panel came together as part of the National Poetry Coalition's slate of programming titled Because We Come From Everything, Poetry and Migration. Prescient. I applaud the UA Poetry Center for keeping us at the cutting edge of the power of the creative. Thank you, Tyler, and everyone there. As I sat to prepare my introductory remarks, I realized that the timing of Alberto's and Juan Felipe's posts as poet laureate, and here with us, is perfect. Borderlands' poetics and the insights into migration, movement, mobility, and multiplicity they offer could not be more urgently needed. I experienced the work of these two artists at times so fiercely and always so elegantly crafted as familiar. Borderlands are revealed in their works as spaces of multiplicity. Stuff comes together and comes apart in the borderlands through comminglings and confrontations, contestations, clashes, y cariños. The border is a space that bleeds and begets. It can be a generative space from which the static and the singular are treated and understood as always simply too limiting. Through their work, one can sense there's always something more than a simple, if of course, powerful border divide. To experience their poetry is to be at play in this somewhere, something more. Amid sentences that sing and words that dance through living histories, contradictions, heat, rage, joy, sorrow, desire, distance, intimacy, connections and disconnections, identifications, disidentifications, death and life, deportation, Detention, dispossession, crossings, comings, and goings, mobilizations and immobilizations, innovations and imaginings. In A Day Without a Mexican, Juan Felipe asks us if there's still room, quote, for America to be saved. Perhaps Borderlands ways of knowing and being can illuminate pathways and possibilities. This panel has formed here on the heels of the recently drafted student petition and resolution calling for the development of and commitment to sanctuary space as a response to the increase in fear and uncertainty among immigrant and refugee students and their families, especially those they tell us who identify, quote, as DACA-mented and undocumented. This student neologism, DACAMENTED, is meant as a coalitional term that refuses the privileging of DACA students over undocumented students. Drawing from Matslan Chronicles, Juan Felipe introduces a term indocumentos or undocuments as a transgressive resignification, another borderlands neologism, perhaps related to the terms the students have given us in their resolution, deployed to refuse discourses of division. In the shifting terrain of the borderlands, language is recognized as living, dynamic. New words are crafted, old words are blended to question notions of legitimacy and authenticity. In a tale of two places, what is a border town? Alberto writes that borders are the place of two worlds meeting, quote, the kiss of cultures or the slap. Perhaps both. I reread their works most recently as at once painful, playful, pleasurable, and sometimes as written in absolute outrage. In Señorita X, a song for the yellow-robed girl from Juarez, Juan Felipe addresses los femicidios and enacts a borderlands version of Say Her Name and Her Place. Hijas de Juarez, Mexico, Centroamérica, Chihuahua, Zacatecas, Nayarit, Michoacán, Oaxaca, Sonora, Sinaloa, El Paso, América. Juan Felipe's call to listen is a call to hear again, differently. The word listen, like glisten, like gleam. The world aglow, a lit, on fire, raging embers. In Mexican differences, Mexican similarities, his word remind us we've been in similar situations before. Quote, you build border walls by the minute. Every minute we cross a thousand. Their work hums in my hands. Y en mi corazón. They Similarly and differently treat the movements and immobilities, hauntings and visibilities, gifts and burdens of the borderlands. Their work touch on the slippages and scatterings, permisos y pasaportes, promiscuous meanderings of the mind, body, spirit of the pencil as incantations. Theirs is a poetics with a rhythm to its refusal, dangerous, demanding, and delicate. Listen, listen. Listen when Alberto calls us to hear differently in the sonic scapes of the borderlands so that when we happen upon a tarantula we might see, quote, an awkward left hand in search of a piano and begin to imagine hearing playing desert conciertos, crescendos. In The Thirst of Things, Alberto reminds us that deserts have been oceans. He recalls desert highways where the heart presents itself as a mirage that shows us, he says, for a brief moment, the, quote, fierce what was in all of us. Now might just be the time to recall that fierce what was. His work insists, too, that the border is not simply that which divides us, but that which can unite. As we experience calls for bans and raids and walls, these poets offer us borderlands insights that call us to be attentive to all who who have been made vulnerable by such calls. The migrant, the refugee, the queer, the Muslim, the Jew, the trans person, those documented and those undocumented. Before I end, I will turn to these words from Alberto's poem, a moan, a plaint, a sigh, a whimper, a lament, crying, wailing, groaning, whining, screaming at the top of your lungs, crying till you're all cried out at wit's end beyond the pale. We have so many ways to say something's not right. And from Juan Felipe's border bus, these words, freedom comes from deep inside. All the pain of the world lives there, The second we cleanse that pain from our guts, we shall be free, and in that moment, we have to fill ourselves up with all the pain of all beings to free them, all of them. Ana Castillo tasks us to write with, um, to write rather what is tearing at our hearts. It is with that task in mind that I introduce these poets to you here today. I receive them and their art as a pomada for the heart, a salve of sorts, icy hot, soothing and rousing. Thank you. And now to their awards. In 2012, Juan Felipe Herrera was named California's Poet Laureate and the US Poet Laureate in 2015. He's won the Hungry Mind Award of Distinction, the Focal Award, two Latino Hall of Fame Poetry Awards, and a Penn West Poetry Awards. His honors include a number of fellowships, including the UC Berkeley um, Regents Fellowship, the National Endowment for the Arts, the Bread Loaf Writers Conference, and the Stanford Chicano uh, Fellows. As a performance artist, activist, author and poet, he crosses the border of multiple genres to reach out to and be in do- dialogue with elders and youth alike. Alberto Alvaro Rios, Arizona's inaugural poet laureate and chancellor of the Academy of American Poets, was born in Nogales, Arizona, on the Mexico-Arizona border, and has written from that geographic and sociological perspective through five decades. He's taught at ASU since 1982. Lucky ASU. <laughs> He, too, has won numerous awards, including the Latino Literary Hall of Fame Award and the One Book um, Arizona Choice Award. His latest book I call breathtaking, heartwarming, and funny. It's a collection of poems titled A Small Story About the Sky. Please join me in welcoming both poets.
2: I'm going to just start. Welcome, everybody. Bienvenidos todos. And also, Vilcomen. Benvindo, benvenuto, aloha, shalom. So many ways to say so simple a thing, you'd think that as human beings we could have gotten this straight by now. But we're all different. We're all different, and I'm glad. And I want to add to that that languages are solutions. They're not problems. We're all in this world together. And I think when we talk about migration, it's in search of a solution. It's not to create a problem. And I think if we can start from that perspective, I think we're in good shape. But before we start about talking about loud things, and we will, I would like to mention just a couple of, of very quiet things about the border. Just two very quick anecdotes. When they were first putting up the, uh, the border wall in, in Nogales, uh, they were, when they were... Well, let me, let me go back. That uh, the border in Nogales, when I was growing up, was an open border. There was a fence... And there was a little garita there where, with the, the uh, person who was supposed to uh, check your, your ID and st- who, who was asleep most of the time. And you just, you know, you came back and forth. It was not what it is today. Later, they, the fence got a little bit reinforced. But I will tell you that if you grew up in Arizona, the moment that changed everything, and if you were not here, you, you maybe don't know this, was the day John Kennedy was shot. When John Kennedy was shot, what people don't know is the borders of this country were closed in order to find the assassin. What that meant at Nogales is they they closed these creaky fence gates that had never been closed before, ever. We were in a bowling league, I was a little kid, we were in a bowling league and it was one of those things where they're trying to keep kids from getting in trouble so they they're gonna educate us for the future, learn how to be professional bowlers or something. (laughs) But a bowling alley is an echo chamber, just like the the only other echo chamber in Novatis was the Catholic Church. In the afternoon, when they had closed the border, we started getting phone calls in. Mijo, we're not going to be able to come and pick... We we went to school with kids from both sides of the border. We're not going to be able to come and pick you up. They've closed the border. Just stay there, and we'll figure out what to do, these panicked calls. And then somewhere around 4 o'clock, the first little kid can't take it anymore, and he starts to cry. And it was, you know, when you're a kid, you're, you show solidarity with another kid by, if he cries, you cry.
3: <laughs>
2: and it was a, an echo chamber. So what I remember about that day when John Kennedy was shot, there was no CNN news, none of all that sort of stuff. It was this afternoon in a bowling alley of kids crying, not because of John Kennedy, but because they could not go home. Something important relative to the idea of movement in that. It is unlikely that one of them was the assassin. <laughs> they kept the border closed till about 4 or 5 in the morning, even though parents were on one side of the fence and kids were on the other. That changed everything, and the border started to become the border for me after that. Two quick, very quick things. One, when they were putting up the, the border, from changing it from fence to metal... Militarizing it, they used the first uh, landing strips from the first Gulf War, and instead of putting them flat, they lifted them up, and they they so they put these things up like that. And when they were putting them up, this is great Nogales humor. Uh, As they were putting them up, there's a little arroyo there that goes right by at the border, and as the first one first ones went up at night, people would come and knock them down, like you know a bridge over a moat, right? It, It was perfect. And then the second one, I was there recently, and it was getting near dusk. And, you know, they, they don't want to say they've militarized the border, but, of course, they have. And one of my favorite things is the charade of the, the temporary lights, that they have all these temporary lights that they use, like, when they're working on a, on a highway or something, you know, to keep it going. But they've got them to light up the border, but they don't want to make them permanent. So they, at around dusk, I'm, I'm waiting there, I'm with some family, we're overlooking from the American side to the, to the uh, Sonora side. And I hear some kids and it's getting darker and they're, they're just kind of laughing. I don't quite make them out until the lights come on. And then, and then one of the kids says, orale. And he has a basketball and they put a basketball hoop on the, on the fence and they're playing basketball by the light of the border patrol <laughs> things. And I'm thinking, you know. That's
0: the idea. Life goes on. You are listening to a discussion from the Pima County Public Library Nuestras Reis' presentation stage from the 2017 Tucson Festival of Books entitled Because We Come From Everything, Poetry and Migration.
3: Yes. That's that's a beautiful uh, way to put it, uh, Alberto. Uh, Yes, let 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 us... (laughs) <laughs> let us keep uh, life moving. You know, let us keep life moving. And, and that's why we're all here, uh, to keep our lives uh, filled with light and to throw light on each other. And even in, in times of difficulty and conflict, uh, let us find more of our light and even uh, take it further. Uh, that's I think that's, that's what we're doing today. You know, I, when I think about uh, uh, borders and when I think about... Uh, moving and migrating and migration. I I, kind of go back to when I was five years old, and also go back to my mother's album. She had the album uh, with the photographs of uh, my grandmother who received the photographs of all the children in El Paso who had gone to Fort Bliss. Uh, My uncles, my three uncles in 1920, Part of their plan, I think the family plan was, Si vamos a Fort Bliss, los voy a poder traer de Juárez a El Paso. You know, if we go to Fort Bliss, uh, I think we can all come over to El Paso uh, back in 1918, 1919. Uh, even then, I don't think we had uh, much of a thing called, that, that apparatus, that contraption uh, called the border. So, So I go back to my mother's photographs, and I see my uncle standing up, uh, all suited up. In 1920, and they were 20 and 21 years old, uh, or 20 and 19 years old and 18 years old, uh, with a photograph taken, uh, old-fashioned style with a powder, uh, at uh, Fort Bliss, uh, uh, in, uh, right next to El Paso, as you know. Uh, and I, re- I look at that picture and I think of, of their journey. And then I think about my father, just like Alberto's talking about... Uh, Uh, some of the things that have taken place uh, that you remember uh, also. And I think of my father coming over in the late 1800s, because he was born in 1882. And so by the time we hit that late 1800s, my father decided to just, you know, do it the old chihuahua style. (laughs) So he just jumped on a train in Parral, I think, and it took him straight to Denver. He says, well, voy a Denver, you know. (laughs) Why not? Take a vacation for, to forever. Yeah. <laughs> so he must, have had some, he must have had some tortillas and, a, and a, some corn. I don't know what he had. Because, uh, you know, he lived in a little tiny village called El Mulato yeah, in man. Chihuahua, which disappeared on Google. So <laughs> I, I got to figure that one out. Some, I don't know about the reliability of Google or people just moved. <laughs> and my, uh, my, my uh, nephew... Uh, who I met in Visalia by uh, by chance, Espiridion Pilo, Herrera. He says, no, you, tenemos muchos Herrera. We have a lot of Herrera in Chihuahua. <laughs> they moved from El Mulato to Cuchillo Parado. So they're all living in Cuchillo Parado, <laughs> I imagine. Uh, but he didn't tell me that everyone in Chihuahua is, is an Herrera. He didn't tell me that part. There's a lot of Herreras out there. So it's going to be easy to find my family because they're all out there. So he came in 1898 or so, my father, to uh, Denver. So I think of his story when he just jumped out of the train uh, as a 14-year-old, landed on the snow. He said, no, when I spit, it was so cold, Juanito, that the spit turned into ice cubes, cuadritos de (laughs) hielo. Little ice cubes. So that's 1898 or so. And, and then I th- think about that as, as I've grown up and I said I want to write about that for children I put that in uh, Calling the Doves mm-hmm. we've all put our stories in one way or another into our expressive life whether it's through painting or telling talking to each other or uh, remembrances photographs albums family altars uh, or escapularios or little pieces of wood like I'm carrying uh, which are cool and uh, and <laughs> little little arbolito, there's a little arbolito, little tree shape there. It feels good. And so I think about those stories and my parents' journeys. Because when my father crossed in nineteen oh six, good old ancestry uh, dot, dot com uh, you can see his signature. Oh, in nineteen oh six you signed apparently you signed to cross and you cross you signed who you're with. So you know you're with a, a, you know with a, a Prudencio, a Griselda, and an Epifanio, and then you sign out, and then you walk into El Paso, and you're in. So um, so then we took it upon ourselves, as you all know, uh, to write about our stories. Uh, what did we feel? Uh, we felt we felt uh, we felt the liberation lightning bolt. The time came. After our parents and grandparents had uh, crossed all the way from Mexico or Central America or Latin America into the United States, in whatever manner they crossed, it was all our family story. And we didn't see our stories, as you know, in our schools or in public or in any media whatsoever. So by the time, and also earlier, but as you know, by the time uh, the 60s hit, We were definitely ready. We were definitely ready to break out of high school and break out of ourselves and break out into the free speech mounds and break out into whatever paper we could grab and break out into occupied water tanks and break out into little escuelitas that were also occupied, little schools that we formed in the barrio. Remember that? Yeah. And we were ready to break out into murals, right? Everywhere, everywhere, <laughs> legal or not, legal or not, <laughs> and and to me, legal or not, which is the best part, and, and, and to me, you know, the heart of it is, is this, this deep-rooted desire and and energy and deep-rooted uh, wanting to liberate ourselves uh, with ourselves together, and in doing so. Uh, our ancestors, our grandparents, our parents, into public life with all those things that we have done. Stories, photographs, art, ourselves with each other. And so it's not that we learned how to write by necessarily going to school, but we just grabbed pencils uh, the way, right? The Mm -hmm. way, and we grabbed a typewriter, right? The way our families, Uh, grabbed a shovel and grabbed corn and dug a hole and dropped the corn and watered it or a horse and plowed and tore through the earth with kindness to grow food for our families to survive. And I think that's a a very deep impulse to liberate uh, ourselves through whatever we have at hand. Because we never took... uh, Poetry <laughs> workshop. Did we
2: take a, did you think about Later.
3: Workshop? Later. We were like 60 when we took poetry <laughs> workshop. <laughs> 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 and it's true. <laughs> 40. <laughs> so, so they said, Juan well, Felipe, why don't you go to the uh, Iowa Writers Workshop? I go, yeah, okay, well, what's that? <laughs> it's well, it's where you get together, it's a workshop. Well, what do you do? Well, you, you know, get in a circle. Okay. And then what? <laughs> well you you read each other's story, you read each other's poetry. Oh yeah? Yeah. And then you say things about each other's poetry. Really? <laughs> oh man, I'm going, man. <laughs> I'm going to go to that. Thank you.
2: <laughs> this is called defense. There's so many so many names for the border. It it is a A chameleon like thing it has changed but it is a very real and singular thing if you have to deal with it right and uh, this this particular poem talks about the beginnings of the border why they put up a fence which we've forgotten about we we simply assume that that fence was always there which is not true and we have forgotten why it was there which is I think educational this is called the fence this is a simple story at first but it may not have a happy ending. At the border in the 1930s, the International Boundary and Water Commission caused to be erected a barbed wire fence to keep Mexican cattle from entering the US. In those days, there was some concern these cattle might carry hoof and mouth disease. Very real, very real. And this was a straightforward way to solve the problems of the world. We wanted to stop disease, not people. And a simple rancher's fence was the answer. But instead, disease is what we created so that we are the cattle now. And human beings are viewed as the sickness. In this new century quickly getting older, we need the International Boundary and Water Commission to erect a barbed wire fence once again, perhaps that exact same one, to start over, to worry about cows. It was and still is a simple solution. Metal landing strip pieces, electronic sensors, helicopters, guns, infrared, tactical reparations. In all of these, the old fence is hard to recognize.
3: I'm so glad that we have Alberto Rios here in Arizona. (laughs) And I'm so glad that our Alberto Rios is now a chancellor for the Academy of American Poets in New York to represent the
2: entire nation. Which fun Juan Felipe was, he just finished his six-year term, so... (laughs) Thank you. And I'm so
3: glad uh, that Alberto Rios
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: was the first Chicano to win the Walt Whitman Award. In poetry.
2: What year was it, Alberto? 81. 1981.
3: He's a humble man and uh, a great contributor and a great writer.
0: You are listening to a discussion from the Pima County Public Library Nuestros Rises presentation stage from the 2017 Tucson Festival of Books entitled Because We Come From Everything, Poetry and Migration.
3: You know, uh, a couple of thoughts, and I'll definitely read a poem. A couple of thought I- thoughts is, uh, I've been uh, reading up on uh, Frederick Douglass's uh, autobiography, uh, b- uh, Bondage and Freedom. And I found it to be extremely uh, filled with great illumination, not only about, about the slavery system and, of course, about him and, of course, about his great uh, ability to write and about that particular time. But I also, fe- I also noticed that there were some interesting uh, uh, um, uh, mechanics, what a word, of slavery that uh, kind of I felt related to our experience today. One of them is that Frederick Douglass said that the slaveholder is the only author. There cannot be any reading by the slave. There cannot be any teaching given to the slave. And that slave better not be caught close to books or any teaching of reading or writing moments or everybody's going to get in major trouble, Uh, the famous whip and the famous, just incredible physical abuse. I noticed the word author, and I noticed how we all have uh, worked very hard in the last 50 years and more at becoming authors because we want to uh, be uh, thoughtful, because we want to know, and we want to open those locked doors that we have not had at hand because of our language our culture, or culture just simply because of the color of our skin or for a number of reasons. Word author was very big for me. And then his other thought is that he says slavery made us strangers. And I think, and he talks about how families were separated. The, uh, the father was definitely never there. Uh, the mother was kept away and the grandmother was also at a lar- at an incredible distance so the children would never ever see their mothers it, perhaps once or twice for seconds or fathers or grandmothers ever or grandfathers again so i think of what borders are doing and the separations of our children and families from each other and how they are turned into strangers i have met young people on the road 17 years old, they say, Juan Felipe, I haven't seen my father for seven years. I noticed that in this book. And I also noticed that in reading and writing, Frederick Douglass uh, gained a lot of insight. He started to look at uh, an anthology of oratory, the Columbia Oratory Anthology. And he found that it was about uh, emancipation. Uh, And he liked that word, emancipation. And he began to think about that word, emancipation. And I think that's what we are doing here. We are beginning to, uh, we're rethinking uh, what freedom is, and we're rethinking what it is to have our families stay together. And we're also rethinking further what happens to us in becoming strangers to each other when we're torn apart and separated because we do not want to be torn apart and separated because we do not want to be strangers to each other because we have worked so hard for so long in becoming family again and gaining uh, knowledge of what has happened in our life, in our histories and herstories and uh, what books have been written and what books we have written. So much has been accomplished. That's why we are here at this uh, book festival to celebrate all those beautiful books that bring us together and all the beautiful uh, people here who believe in coming together who do not believe in alienation so those are thoughts that have come to me and and these thoughts in their own different way came to Frederick Douglas when he was nine years old when he started to read and break those books open and he had those insights he says I want to be a thoughtful man I want to become a speaker person I want to uh, get I wanna liberate and emancipate. I want to be that kind of person. That's what I believe in. And I think I bring this up because I feel that's that's what we believe in. And that's why we are all here. And what gets to and the reason I bring it up is because sometimes we forget the work we have all done. And it's liberation work, isn't it? It's liberation work, isn't it? Yeah. It's liberation work. And isn't it a good thing? It's a good thing, is it not? Isn't isn't kindness a good thing? Isn't the the liberation that comes from kindness a good thing? Uh, Food, clothes, togetherness, confronting the challenges that want to tear us apart. Isn't that kindness? That is kindness, huh?
2: That
3: is kindness. And isn't poetry that wants to do that kindness too? And Alberto's stories and everyone's stories here, made out of pure kindness, teaching hard, working hard. And it's a good word. Kindness is a good word. Liberation is a good word. And let us keep those words also happening and active in what we do. And we said earlier, guess what, Alberto? We said earlier that we're going to wear big buttons with with our stories on them. We're going to wear these big old printed Xerox sheets on our backs like we peel this with our poems on it. And, and, and we're going to be visible every second of the day. No one has to wait no, for the books to come out, huh, Alberto. <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to wear it, even before it's published, right, Alberto? That's what we're going to do.
2: I've got to show you my back. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: You've done good. You've done good. So, so here's a poem, and... Um, it's a, it's a, has a little a couple of scratches on it. So, uh, you want to read it together? All right. Want to read it together? Okay. So, uh, uh, everybody say presenting. Presenting.
2: America. 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 Stop deporting us. Stop deporting us. America, America. what happened to making tortillas together? America. America. You can bring the butter and salt and some tapatillo. And and some tapatillo. America. America Guadalupe García de Rayos is your sister. De Rayos is your sister.
3: America. America. What are you going to tell her children left behind? America America Did you forget that Arizona was and is Mexican
2: Indian land? America
3: America How about a liberation bus instead of a deportation bus? America Loosen up or you're going to tear up your chonies. (laughs) America.
2: America. We love the Constitution. Constitution. In particular, the freedom part. part. America. America.
3: Have you read the Constitution lately? lately?
2: (laughs) America. The airport is jammed The airport is jammed With luggage from Walmart With luggage from Walmart America There, are, America. There are millions stuck in between There are millions stuck in between The stars and the stripes The stars and the stripes America America
3: Try a little Tres Flores pomade <laughs> America. America. Did you ever get, Allen Ginsberg's, letter? Did you ever get <laughs> Allen Ginsberg's letter? America. America. Stop using the words illegal aliens. Stop using the words illegal aliens. And
2: extreme. And extreme. America. America. This is not a Star Wars
3: episode. This is not a Star Wars episode.
2: America. America, you are fracking me out. You <laughs> fracking me out. America, America. Your, pipelines your pipelines are jammed with sacred tobacco. With sacred tobacco. America, America. I, think you need I think you need an alternative for the word alternative. alternative. <laughs> America, America.
3: your nationalism is killing me. me. (laughs) America,
2: America. you ever hear Otis Redding sing? sing? Try a little tenderness. tenderness. America, America. You
3: you need to join a ballet folklorico fast.
2: America? You need to major in American studies! studies. America? America. What happened to compassion? compassion? America? America. My mother is interested in compassion! America? America. My mother says? says, you You can have her green card! America? Let's paint a
3: mural like the one at Davis Elementary.
2: <laughs> America. America. How about reading Emma Lazarus and Jose, Jose Montoya? How and Jose Montoya? America. America.
3: How about reading Gwendolyn Brooks? How about reading Gwendolyn Brooks? And Jenny Lim? America. How about uh, a pupusa con loroco uh,
2: from La Santaneca, Santa <laughs> America. America? Can you give board, the border patrol? You give border patrol Taco Tuesdays, <laughs> <laughs> America. America? The border is too uh, uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. America, America. did you read the the Treaty of of Guadalupe Hidalgo? (laughs) America, America. we're still waiting for our our land grant rights. (laughs) rights. America, America. Don't don't you think 169 years of waiting is a bit long?
1: Five years of waiting is a bit
2: long. America. America. Can you try? Can you try? Open borders for 30 days? Open borders for 30 days. America. America. Uh, how
3: about a poem instead of a... How about a poem instead of a... Executive order.
2: Executive order. <laughs> America America. Your detention prisons prisons. Just don't cut it it. America America. Stop making us criminals criminals. Without a crime crime. America. America Have you read the Census figures? <laughs> America. America. Have, you Have you noticed everything is in Spanish? <laughs> <laughs> America. America. The
3: Super Bowl is becoming the.
2: Menu the Bowl. <laughs> America. There's just too many of us. just too many of us. Singing. De, de colores,
0: colores.
2: De colores. De colores. De de viste de viste los <laughs> America. America. Make yourself. Make yourself colorful again. Colorful again. America. Try a sarape
3: from. Try a sarape from.
2: Oaxaca. Wow. America, America. Hurry, up. Uh, America. The dream,
3: hurry up, hurry up. The dreamers are, the dreamers are tired, of <laughs> tired of
2: dreaming. America, America. The, world is a the world is a little upset with you. <laughs> America. America,
3: your security team needs some serious...
2: Tres leches cake. <laughs> <laughs> America. America. Stop
3: freaking out about the words. Stop freaking out about the words.
2: Equality and community. Equality and community. America. America. Say them out loud so my Say them out loud so my Abuelita can hear you. <laughs> Abuelita can hear you. America. All those border scanners are giving me All those border
1: scanners
2: are giving me Acne. <laughs> America. America.
3: All that border razor wire is All that border razor wire is tripping you up. Tripping you up. America, <laughs> America.
2: America. I got into the next note there. <laughs> There are, 95 languages spoken there are 95 languages
0: spoken in Bora, in
2: Bora. High School <laughs> in Boise, Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> America, America. Did, you
3: you
2: did you forget that you are part refugee? <laughs> part refugee. America.
3: Did you, forget how to pronounce your name in Did you forget how to pronounce your
2: name in Spanish, Spanish. America? 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 America. 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 Uh, are you listening? Are you listening? America. America. We're tired of we're tired of making green cards out of Lettuce leaves. Lettuce leaves. America. America. We we're, were having a hard time. With the sun blisters in our eyes. America. You ever pick grapes in Fresno? In August.
3: In August. America. America. I'm getting ready to. I'm getting ready
2: to boycott. America, America. Stop, tip-toeing and Stop tiptoeing and try a polka. Try a polka. America, come on, America. Come, on down. come on down. The guacamole is ready. America. I'll make you an organic Peanut butter sandwich with red rice.) Peanut America. America. Don't be
3: afraid, maybe you need Don't
2: be afraid, maybe you need A curandera. <laughs> America. America. I'm jumping the border. I'm jumping the border. Waiting for your call. <laughs> Waiting for your call. <laughs>
0: You are listening to a discussion from the Pima County Public Library Nuestras Reises presentation stage from the 2017 Tucson Festival of Books entitled Because We Come From Everything Poetry and Migration.
1: All right, so we have, well, first of all, that was fabulous. Thank you so much. That's how you. That's how you do participatory poetry. Uh, well, you know, we,
3: we all we all do it. You know, we all do it. It's like uh, responding to our, to each other. Responding to each other is what provides growth, human growth, and uh, uh, communicating is uh, one of the most uh, beautiful things there is in our lives. Uh, growing, by, growing up by ourselves, being alienated, uh, blocked, and uh, put in rooms. And punished is one of the most devastating experiences and traumatic experiences so I love well, how I came came up with it, the direct answer to that as I like to know you know I uh, I started out by uh, uh, reading poetry uh, by, by singing in choirs even though I was extremely afraid to sing and it took me years and years and years to even keep a tune half ways uh, by the time I hit high school I started in eighth grade by uh, throwing myself into a choir because I didn't want to lie and be insincere and be afraid and be so nervous when someone asked something of me. I didn't know how to respond. I didn't know how to respond. I was afraid to respond. I had, I, I was carrying so many, uh, you know, a dinosaur of karma on my back or a dinosaur of shame on my back. And I wanted to get rid of it and shake it off. So I wanted to learn how to respond and how to talk and How to get in a conversation and how to answer the teacher, yes, I'm here, Uh, yeah, okay, I'll volunteer, and uh, I don't want to come up front of the class, but you invited me, so uh, I'm going to give it a go, and here I go, (laughs) gee, wow, you know, you know, so I had to to put myself through all that, so I just love response and communication. And I love drums, and I love uh, circles. I was part of an Aztec dance group early on in the uh, early 70s, and dancing and stomping your feet and sweating to the bone and uh, doing that in villages. So I just love all that, you know? And uh, I think that's what we're all about. And uh, uh, so I love it. Did you like that? Did you like that? Uh, He just
2: just wants to hear people reading his poems, (laughs) man. Don't believe that.
3: What yeah. did I tell you, Alberto?
0: <laughs> What's going on? You
3: know? we are going to have a little talk outside.
2: You know, I, I don't know that I've done it that way. <laughs> but but it's, it's so interesting to hear Juan Felipe talk about being in a choir. So was I. Yeah. And, and the idea of singing the word loud yeah. later the, became, the, the, you know, the, the idea of poetry where words themselves were inherently loud. It takes a while to figure that out. Yeah,
3: it's
0: so loud. when you
2: say important words... There's a point at which you don't have to sing them in the way that you sang them in choir. They sing themselves. They sing themselves. Right? That's right. And
3: I know that when I tell uh, uh, my grandchildren, uh, you know, you're beautiful. Their little faces, you know, they all get soft, like little candle faces. <laughs> and they get happy. And, then, you know, just a few words. So it's good to, uh, uh, to give each other love words. Love words are very important. And uh, otherwise we're just talking about business. My friend Malcolm Margolin, who's a publisher of Heyday Books, he goes, Juan. And I go, yeah, Malcolm. You know, I go, yeah. You know, he says, what happened to recess, Juan? (laughs) (laughs) Everybody's selling and buying. I go, you're right, Malcolm. He goes, and what happened to magic, Juan? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) We used to really be into it. Remember? The magic days? Magic days, candles and chants and and tahini. (laughs) What happened? What happened to that? And bell bottoms. Remember that? And, and, you know, right? What happened to magic and recess? You know, magic and... So poetry's like recess, you know? Poetry's like recess. And... um, We need to respond to each other and call back and respond to each other because we do not want to be silenced. We don't want to crawl back to that silent corner. You know, I know we all have our little offices. I have mine. I'm never out of there. My children all used to see me locked up in that room. Don't mess with him. He's writing. I don't know what. I can't understand (laughs) it. I never know what he's saying. I don't know what he's all about. But, uh, you know, it's too late. You know, it's 30 years later now. (laughs) But we gotta crawl. I have to crawl out of my room, and we all need to respond a lot. Maybe times ten, you know, times ten. You resp- let's, let us say that today. Let us respond to the times ten. And we like to have have conversations with each other. Let us have, have conversations times ten. Let's say hello times ten. This doesn't have to be hardcore political. We can just be talking about how to make tortillas, you know. Uh, hey, you know how you know how do you you know? My sister told me this. This turned out really good, Alberto. Um, my, my sister said, Well, you know, Juan, Juanito, I was talking to uh, my friend from, uh, uh, you know, from Chihuahua. I go, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, Sarita. Yeah, you know. And she says, Well, how do you make tamales, Concha? I mean, how do you make tamales, Sarita? I told her, uh, You know, I, m- I make them the res. Oh, really? Well, I, we make them over here, the puerco. And then, and then but I said anyway you know anyway and she goes the way tambien it's true
1: let me repeat that question because I know some people didn't hear the original ones and I apologize for that it's a question about the visit to Davis and why that community is important and relevant to these poets yes
3: oh okay. yes uh, did you get a chance to get out there Alberto
2: I haven't, but my wife went to Davis. Yeah, <laughs> you know. No, I mean, she went there as a child.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's it's such a beautiful school. It's highly important because uh, uh, the director, uh, Campusano, is thousand percent dedicated to her teachers and to all the students and she knows how to lead uh, the, the, the school she's a great leader I'm terrible when I tried to teach middle school the students were swirling in a big circle around me <laughs> They were just went bananas I don't know how to you know create structure like that and, and she leads that. Uh, school fabulous, Mm -hmm. fabulous manner. Teachers love their students. Teachers love to be there. They have all the supplies in the whole wide world. They do Middle Eastern mosaics. They do uh, uh, barrio ceramics. The whole picture of their barrio, uh, the whole visual image of their barrio is done in clay and painted it's on the wall they have nanitas remedies grandmother's remedies on a big giant poster on the door they have all the seeds that they're using in their garden on the wall they have a garden also, they know how to do gardening work, how to plant. They know about plants. They have a mural in the back of their auditorium, which is fabulous. They want to have a new muralist come in and paint 100 feet high. I mean, that's a big mural. They have a, 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 a mariachi, a children's mariachi with great little fourth-grade singers and violinists and guitar players and, and trumpet blasters and, and guitarron. I, I mean, that's a thriving luscious, rich, rich soil, elementary school. And it has uh, f- uh, donors that, that are happy because they believe in this and they push and, and place money in their hands to, to grow. I think it's a great model, it's a great model. And guess what, bilingual.
2: Right. Isn't that great? Yeah. Great. It's a great school.
1: So it's a great answer to end
0: if, this if, event. If, can I just jump in Absolutely. one second? Absolutely. Uh, it's so
2: important to have somebody like Juan Felipe go into a school like that to say it can happen. That's right. It can happen. That's right. And, and every you. one of them needs to believe it. Right here. Yes. Right here. It can happen. Thank you so much.
1: Well, and in fact, it's what your poetry is, both of you. It's experiential, it's relevant, it's historic, it's all there. And so I I thank you for that. And And I thank you you for this afternoon. Let's
3: give her a big (laughs) mano. And and don't forget, Alberto Rios is your Arizona Poet Laureate. (laughs)
0: We'll have to leave it there. You've been listening to a panel from the Pima County Public Library Nuestros Raices presentation stage from the 2017 Tucson Festival of Books entitled Because We Come From Everything, Poetry and Migration. This extraordinary discourse featured renowned United States Poet Laureate from 2015 to 2017 Juan Felipe Herrera and Arizona State Poet Laureate Alberto Álvaro Ríos discussing their work and experiences through a border lens. This panel was a feature program of the Poetry Coalition, a group of aligned poetry organizations. The discussion was introduced and moderated by the University of Arizona's Interim Director of LGBT Studies, Adela Licona. This has been part two of a two-part series. Thank you for listening to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Schauger. You can find this and other recent episodes on the 30 Minutes program page at kxci.org.